You're listening to the Traffic and Leads Podcast, where we examine what is and isn't working in online marketing. Now, please welcome your host, online marketing expert, One Click Lindsay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Traffic and Leads Podcast. I am your host, One Click Lindsay. We have another awesome interview for you guys today, of course, because it is the Traffic and Leads Podcast after all. I am interviewing Mr. Jason Tucker with intellectualpropertyhq.com. And if that sounds familiar, that means that you listened to my episode last week where I interviewed his lovely wife, Melissa. We took their whole online marketing strategy, broke it down. I gave her a huge to-do list of things that she needs to do in order to generate more traffic and leads for their new business. But this week, we're talking to Jason and we're talking to him all about copyrights, trademarks, and patents. Jason knows what to do if you find your images or your content out there on the web and someone's using it and they're not allowed to do so. He tells us how easy it is to copyright these things. He gives us so many tips and tricks on that. And if you're following the click technique or you're doing any online marketing, you have to be creating your own content. Like that's just the cornerstone of this entire thing. And it's wise to keep in the back of your head on how you wanna go about copywriting, all of this great content that you're putting your whole heart and soul into. So this is a very valuable episode, so make sure you listen in. But of course, before we hop to that, we have to talk a little bit about the click technique. So go and join us at theclicktechnique.com. There is a five-day bootcamp that will tell you everything that you need to do to get started with online marketing. The click technique is essentially my secret technique that we take all of our traffic and leads clients through in order to build a nice foundation in order them to start succeeding with online marketing. I know you guys have heard all of these amazing stories about being able to launch and have a seven-figure launch or making $40,000 in two days or having millions of fans like in a tribe following you around and listening to your every word. And that can happen and it happens in online marketing all the time. But the people that have achieved this and do this, they have a nice strong foundation. And if you're not sure how to build that foundation, the click technique is the answer. Again, I have hundreds of customers that we have done just that for, and I'm giving away all my secrets at theclicktechnique.com. So as is customary in all Traffic and Lead podcasts, episodes, we're going to assign this interview a very special letter in the click technique. So this one I'm going to go ahead and assign to K for keep going. So once you create that content, once you're sending out your newsletter, once you have your irresistible offer, once you're doing all the things that you need to be doing on a consistent basis, then it's time to sit down and think about how you want to structure things, make money, and of course, copyright and protect yourself from people stealing all of your hard work. And that's what today's episode is all about. So let's dive into today's episode with Mr. Jason Tucker with Intellectual Property HQ. I think you guys will really like it. And again, don't forget to join us over at theclicktechnique.com. Here is Jason. Jason, welcome to the Traffic and Leads podcast. So glad you could make it on today. Thank you for having me. I'm yeah. Excited. So so you're Mr. Copyright Trademark Patents guy, right? That's one way to put it, yes. But that's not your <laughs> official name, apparently. No, I'm kidding. So are you are you an attorney? What what makes you what why no, are you so good at these things? I am not an attorney. I am a 
I was a content producer who was very frustrated in the early days of the internet that people were stealing my library. So I co-owned a stock photo library that consisted of in excess of 3 million images. And, wow. and so what was happening was, is we would license those out to magazines. We would license those out to, to, for use on the internet. And then people would steal them and resell them or utilize them as their own. Okay, stop right very, there. First of okay, all, where sure. did you get 3 million images? A lot of shooting. Like you guys literally took three. You literally no 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 no, 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 no. We staffed photographers. I see. So this was amassed over a a considerable period of time. Wow, but they were Uh, all like personally under you. People took pictures. Oh yeah, oh absolutely. We had a staff of uh, seven, eight photographers at one point. Wow, and second of all, where? How did you know people were stealing your stuff? Google. And uh, they were easy to find. They would show up in other places. I would open up a magazine or I would be surfing the internet and I would see an image and go, wait a minute, that's ours. It's not very hard to tell. It doesn't matter how vast the library is, whether it's a photographer or a studio. Certain companies are good at doing certain things. Certain people are good at doing certain things. So over the years, I've come to know certain people. So no different than when you look at a Picasso. You can say, that's Picasso. That's Monet. Mm -hmm. That's Degas. Uh, that's Salvador Dali. No way I'm going to confuse that with a Monet. I mean, it's just, it's very, it's it's along those same lines. Yeah, exactly. So I was able to tell, and then I became very frustrated by this because I could see that this was being monetized very well outside of our ability to profit from that. So I wanted to do something about it. This was the very early days of the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, which is, was, was signed under Clinton in short, that is kind of a rule set for what you can do to try and have content taken down. So I got some advice of an attorney. We started sending what was called takedown notices, um, which basically says, hi, I'm the owner of this copyright. You do not, I don't believe that you have any rights to this. Either show me you do or take it down. And actually for your listeners today, we can get into this in a little bit if you want, but we created a template DMCA notice that one could send if they find their images on a location on the internet that they don't think is authorized. Okay, what's um, DMCA? Uh, the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. This okay. is a, and so we, what we created is a, is a mock takedown notice that any of your listeners you could use to have your content removed. And that's actually at intellectualpropertyhq.com forward slash one click, number one and C-O-I-C-K. Love it. Also you. in the show notes, by the way, if you cool. forget that. So we spent, no joke, about a quarter of a million dollars because back then we couldn't email them. You had to mail them and you needed a return receipt signature. So spent a lot of money and at the end of it, had a lot of content taken down, still had a lot of content up and hadn't made any money. So I went hunting for attorneys that could help me with this. And over time, we started uh, bringing copyright suits uh, against uh, companies that were making ridiculous amounts of money with our content. And out of that, I was the guy that was out there suing everybody. I was the guy out there doing something. And I was a pariah for about you know a year or two until this started happening to other people. And then they started calling and saying, can you help? And out of that was born the business that I have now, where I manage, I organize, I, we manage, we protect, we watch, we document, and we help companies develop campaigns to manage and enforce their intellectual property rights. And we do this for a select group of studios. That is so cool. Um, wow. That was so about did 15 you, years ago. Did you end up making your like attorney's fees and all the money back? Like, did these companies end up paying you? Are you allowed to tell me? 
not only did well not all of the so some of the companies paid some of the companies disappeared into wherever companies disappear to and yes we went well into profit i've seized domain names we've seized bank accounts Holy we've seized cow, assets. You're mean. I, took guy's, I took a guy's house what yeah no joke it's it's you know here's the reality of this People know what they're doing. If you if it doesn't belong to you, you know it doesn't belong to you. If you didn't create it, guess what? You didn't create it. So if you just found it, I, I, I used to hear that all the time. Oh, I just found it over here, and so I put it over here. Well, uh-huh. wait a minute. Uh-huh. That's not okay. Uh-huh. It's not yours. That's not cool. So it's not that it's mean, because here's the other part of this. D- the short answer is yes. My clients are in profit. They may go out of pocket uh, initially. But the goal is this is an ongoing campaign to enforce your intellectual property rights and manage them effectively. Sometimes that turns into licensing deals. Sometimes that turns into traffic deals. The one thing I can tell you about people that are taking your content and utilizing it as their own, whether for profit or for other reasons, they're very good at marketing. So if there's a way for you to potentially work with them, that's not – once you can get past the emotional impact – it may not be such a bad business move, but not everyone wants to play that way. And if they don't want to play that way, then you're still not helpless. There's other tools that you can use to uh, benefit from that. And, and I think that for some people, they're get scared by you know federal copyright law um, and being sued in, in court where the damages can be quite significant. Other people just don't care. So what is like... <sighs> okay, so if I get a letter and it's like, please take down that image from your website and I do it, can I, like, do you, do most, is, is there any laws or any rules that like, you have to send a letter first and if they comply, then you're not in trouble or am I oversimplifying it? No, that's, if somebody, if, if you send, if, if you receive a takedown notice and you take action on it, then, and again, I'm not an attorney, you have complied with your responsibilities to some extent uh-huh. under the Digital Millennium Copyright Act from my understanding of it. Right. However. That doesn't mean that somebody can't sue you. Anybody can sue anybody for anything. True doesn't that. mean they'll win. And it doesn't mean that they'll necessarily get their attorney's fees or they'll, they'll necessarily get what they want out of it. However, I would say this. If somebody sends you a takedown notice, you receive a takedown notice, take the content down. That's, that's step one. And then you can do one of two things. Either you can, it, you know, you can reach out. Or you can leave it alone and see where it goes. I had somebody, to to use that as an example, I had somebody reach out to me recently and said, look, a friend of mine just got this letter from this company and they're threatening to sue them unless uh, unless they pay the money. And and when I hear that, the first thing that goes through my head is extortion. Like somebody's Mm -hmm. holding a gun to your head Mm -hmm. and they say, pay me or else. I don't. That's not okay. That to me is carpet bombing. Not cool. That's that's I don't believe in that. I don't do that. Um. Uh, that's, that's, I've never, it's just not, it's just wrong. So I said, you know what? Send me the letter. Let me take a look at it. Let me see what I can do. turns out the attorney's name that he knew that he used on this, this person, the CEO of this company, supposedly that wrote this letter, I knew who that was. And I also knew the attorney whose name he was throwing out on there. So I picked up the phone and I called the attorney and I was like, did you know that your client is sending these notices out. He said, I'll take that a step further, Jason. He's not even my client right now. Wow. So I, I, so I did a three-way call with one of our attorneys and the person that sent me the notice and he got the person that, that was sent the notice on the phone and they crafted a response, which was basically, you know, 
we're not paying you anything. And if you want to sue us, sue us. And we BC, you know, we, we CC the attorney on it and everybody else. And the guy sent back a, a rather seething email saying, well, we're going to sue you. And that was the end of it. Yeah. That was about a year and a half ago. Because nobody wants to go to court. No, nah, it was actually right? more recently than that. In theory. It depends. Some people like it. Some people have – I have gone after pirates who we have sued – pirate corporations we have sued time and time again, sometimes twice, three times. And for them, they just factored in as a cost of doing business because they figure, okay, well, if I can settle for this and it will only cost me this, then i Why don't I'll they just buy the that. images if they have enough money to go to court? Why can't they just buy stuff? <sighs> You know, it's funny. I have that conversation on a on a somewhat regular basis. I have met people who fundamentally do not believe that what they are doing is wrong. I don't know if that's cultural. I don't know if that's behavioral. I don't know what it is. But I do know this. Some people believe that taking somebody else's work and selling it for profit to them will not keep them up at night. They do not see a problem with that. I have sat in depositions with people. I have had one-on-one conversations with, with people who they're like, what, what am I doing that's wrong? You, you are stopping me from making money. Wow. Their mother, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and blame second. their moms on this one. So that's what it is. I have no idea. Okay. Uh, we're going to, we, we need, we, we're going to bring the conversation because I could like go on on this all day. However, everyone who's listening to the Traffic and Leads podcast is creating content, especially if they're following the click technique. That's the first C in click is creating content. Do we need to copyright all of our content? Give me the answer. The answer is you're, you're cut, you're, you own the copyright when you create it automatically. Ooh. However, if you, under U.S. law, if, if it's an original work, you own it. You own the copyright. However, should you choose to enforce that in a court of law, it has to be registered with the U.S. Copyright Office in order for you to seek statutory damages. Now, to give you a little perspective on that, willful infringement, I don't want to get too technical, but statutory damages for willful infringement, meaning you can prove that they knew that they didn't have the right to do this and they did it and blah, 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 blah. They're profiting from it, all of those, all of those little elements that you need. It can go up to $150,000 per infringement plus attorney's fees. So 10 registrations is potentially up to $1.5 million plus attorney's fees. Okay. So when we've, when we've filed, I've filed cases, biggest case I ever filed, I think was like NASA numbers. It was like $750 million in potential willful infringement, uh, statutory damages because all the, the, the images were registered, right? So but you can do group registrations too. And it's not expensive. It's only $55 to register something with the U.S. Copyright Office. That's pretty cheap in the grand scheme of how valuable your content is to what you do. And as far as like that $55, so like is that $55 per amazing blog post I write or per podcast episode or per um, online course or like so to, what can that so, cover? So what I tell my clients is, is that it's up to you to determine – how best to organize the cost associated with that. But I will say this, if you have a year's worth, and this is something I work with the copyright office on, uh, that they're, that they're now rolling out, which is you can take up to a year's worth of work, let's say blogs, a year's worth of podcasts, and you can put it together in a group registration, uh, under a single $55 registration. Now you're protected. So you can still send out the notices, whether or not, you know, you have registrations, but if it's registered work, it has a whole new meaning when somebody goes and looks at it from the other side because they know that there's exposure. 
some people may be concerned by that. I would be. What happens if I see my content on someone else's website, then I quickly send the $55 into the copyright office and then go after them? Well, that's on you. Then I'm as bad as the pirates? Uh, no, I don't think you're as bad as the pirates. I think that you're doing what you need to do to protect your work. So I would say that, you know, I don't think there's ever a bad time to do anything that involves protecting your work. You can still send them a notice, but if you go rush, if you register it, identify it, and then send a notice, or even just send them a notice without registering it, that's okay. That's, that's still okay. Okay. There's actual damages too. And again, this is total, there's a lot, copyright law is very organic. So again, this is why we're, con we're constantly reading things. You know, attorneys are constantly taking new courses. I've been involved in cases that have changed rules and laws. But there's a lot of there's a lot of discretion at the at the judicial level. Without getting into too much legalese, they have they have a broad paintbrush that they can use. But at the end of the day, I think that they like doing what's right, and they their judges are very good at seeing right and wrong. Mm -hmm. And so when they look at something and go, you know what? Mm, okay, so the content creator didn't do everything they were supposed to do is one through seven in order of one through seven. But you know what? Six of these seven are done. And this person over here wasn't doing much of anything except exploiting that for their own profit. I'm going to smack them however I can. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and, 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 that, and again, that's what the system's for. It's a last-ditch effort. But there are a lot of steps you can take ahead of that, which is sending notification, PDFing what you see, or, or making a video of what you're seeing they're doing, and, and honing in. Taking, I guess it comes down to this. Taking responsibility for your content and what's happening with it and owning that. Just being responsible for, for what you see and doing something. And there's a lot of relief in just seeing something taken down. Yeah. So let me rephrase what you've said. So essentially, my content is automatically, quote unquote, protected or copyrighted once I publish it. However, I can't really go after any, I can't sue them or go after any damages unless it's like officially copyrighted with the copyright office. My understanding of that is yes, you can. It will just be actual damages, which would be a, a per, whatever they were making off of the use of oh, okay. your work. Okay. That makes sense. But okay. there's a lot of ways to dress up books, right? So, so it's much easier to go to the statutory damages column. Right, right. Okay, let's go into into your business. So intellectualpropertyhq.com. Tell us, what do you guys do? T just tell me a little bit about that. So my wife, Melissa, is absolutely amazing. And for quite some time, she's been saying, you know what, we need to take what it is you do and have been doing and put it into a course that others can utilize themselves. And that is essentially what we are doing right now. And so we are in the process of taking... Um, uh, how we, how we from step one how we register works for our clients how we organize those those registrations once we get them how we go about finding content on the internet what we do once we identify it and then how we send notices how we uh, document infringing works how we build evidence packages for cases how we engage attorneys, when we engage attorneys, and then how we go about potentially working with the attorneys and the other side to negotiate settlements for the benefit of our client. Wow. That's awesome. And and that company just started? Is that right? Battleship, my company has been around for quite some time. Intellectual Property HQ is pretty new. 
it conceptually it's been around for a right, while. Right. Um, in actual execution, brand it, it, it's brand new. Awesome. Uh, and in internet years, it's it's a newborn baby. So again, for those folks that find some content that has been stolen from them. If you go to the show notes, there'll be a link for you guys to download a free template of the takedown notice that that we've been talking about here today. And really, and then really quick, also we've we've built out an, uh, Melissa built a, a Facebook community where people can go in and and ask questions, and we'll provide answers the best that we can. Uh, as fast and as efficiently as we can. And also, uh, we brought other people, we're bringing more people in, but we brought people into the group that each bring different things to the party. So, and that's a free Facebook group? Absolutely. Yes. And it's, and it's about different, and there's different content types of content creators in there. So we have, we have photographers, we have bloggers, we have podcasters, we have videographers, producers, uh, publishers, people who do e-courses. I have a, an old friend of mine who whose husband is an artist and she makes uh, quilts. It doesn't matter what you're creating. It's you should you should definitely take steps to do it. So and and so this is this is a community we created so that we can all support each other and provide more advice and information should somebody want it. Very cool. So what's the deal with so like all these animated gifs or these memes and stuff like that that take screenshots of movies and stuff like that. How can people get away with that just because we don't know who created them so we don't know who we're going after or can we do that with movies? Like what's the deal with that? So so we're now into again, we're into some legal world world, but use uh, big words, use some $10 there's, words. There's a concept called fair use. And so if you are using it for news reporting or criticism or teaching or research, you can do this and it's not for profit. You can do this without the permission of the copyright holder. So you get away with it under what's called fair use. You can Google it fair use. And that's how people are doing that. Very cool. So the second you slap a dollar figure on it. Like on it, like what if I'm just using it to create some videos that will actually get people into my funnel so then I can email them for profit. Is that me profiting if I'm not like actually selling it? I would think so. Okay, so conceptually what you just said to me is at the end of the story, you're monetizing the experience. Fair enough. So to me, I think that that's, you know, you're, you're outside of the scope of fair use. If you're publishing it in a newsletter to educate the world on something, then and that's the end of the story, then there you go. Fair enough. But you're not a lawyer, so no, that's execute not at your advice. own risk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's I'll make sure way. to put big red letters at, right. on this episode. This not, is not a, a lawyer. Don't talk to an attorney. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so before I let you go, tell us again what to do if we find, like let's say someone copied and pasted like a blog post word for word and slapped it on their own blog. What do we do? Okay, so I would take that link and copy and paste it. If you go to the, the show notes and you download the DMCA notice, there's a spot that says insert infringing URL here. So then you take the link and you put it there. Somewhere on the page where you found that blog, there's going to be some sort of contact, either an email or something. If not, you can you can go do a who is lookup, find some sort of email mm-hmm. that that connects to them on some level, send them the email with all of the information in there. So you should have a a link that has where you found it and then a link that shows where it is in your universe or you would have posted it and then put your electronic signature on it, fill out the the rest of the details on the, the DMCA takedown notice and email it to them. And then I would wait about a week and see what happens. And then if not, personally, if, if I waited a week to 10 days and it was still up, I would then go and see 
who they're doing business with, who they're advertising, who their processor is, whatever their whatever email addresses I could find associated with their universe. And I would put that in the to column of my email and I would resend that notice out to everybody and put them all on notice. Ooh, you're mean. No, I'm thorough. <laughs> okay. Wow. Uh, that's some really, really good information. Let's see. Before I let you go, I'm going to give you two minutes to kind of tell us anything else that maybe I didn't ask you in this interview that I should have. Um, and so the floor is yours. Oh, jeez. Or um, you can just give us your URLs again. It's whatever you want to well, do. It's, well, it's intellectualpropertyhq.com. And you, there's links to the Facebook uh, group off of that. And uh, forward slash one click will get you to the DMCA. Take that notice. Um, I would say this. You know, uh, content creators, were, we're very passionate people at the end of the day. And what we don't necessarily realize is that we're not the only one necessarily monetizing our work. And so if you're profiting from your work and you're popular on any level, chances are someone else is potentially utilizing that. And if that's okay with you, totally cool. If it's not okay, then take some just simple steps to protect your work. I always describe it as this. Piracy is like a flood of water during a storm. And so you can't really stop a flood. What you can do, though, is you can lay what I call electronic sandbags out to kind of guide that a little bit. And that's what these DMCA notices are. That's what sending these notices and, and, and contacting pirates really does. It just kind of lays a sandbag down and goes, hi, I know what you're doing. Do most, do most pirates pay attention to the DMCA notice, would you say? Most of them do. Okay. When, they, when, when somebody gets a notice, most, most, more often than not, they take it down. Sometimes we see them post them right back up a few days later. Oh uh, and in the rare instances, we have, we, I have three pending lawsuits that my clients will probably be filing in the next six months uh, against multiple parties we've been watching for a year who just fail to take any action whatsoever. They're probably the, these, well, not probably. One of them is in Eastern Europe. However, they're utilizing uh, advertisers that are here in the United States. So we can grab their money. So anyway, the end of the story is this. If you're creating something, just take that extra step to do something. $55 in the grand scheme of how much you're spending on ads and this and that, mm -hmm. it's really not that much. Mm -hmm. But it provides you with a lot of insulation and options. I'm big on options. Love options. So if you can do anything that ultimately, look, your book may or may not become a bestseller. Your blogs may or may not become the most popular thing on the internet. Who knows? We don't know. But what we do know is, is that if that does happen, we want to be in a position to be able to do something with that because that's why you're getting up in the morning and, and pushing it so hard. So to take the extra 15 minutes to register it and spend the extra $55 or do it as a group over, you know, for, for whatever volume of work you want to do is not so much. So I would say that whatever you can do and, and you'll, you'll be, it's just, for me, I was able to sleep better at night knowing I could take action on my own work. Mm -hmm. So I bring that passion and that energy and that understanding to all of my clients. I get more upset than they do sometimes because it's just I'm on the front lines like a sniper trying to get rid of these people or trying to get them to behave, and it's it's like an out-of-control animal. It's like I need to find a cage for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like stop already. Yeah. Right. So Perfect. there you go. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. It has been super no, great you. chatting with you, and you've given us a lot of really good information. I hope I did. And thank you. This is, this is great. I enjoy doing this. I could talk about this stuff all day long. So thank you for, for keeping me on track. I appreciate you, it. You are very thank welcome. Thank you to your, to your audience. 
So, did you guys like that episode as much as I did? I know it kind of could have been boring because we're talking about all this legalese and all this stuff, but Jason makes it sound super necessary, super important, and he kind of broke it down into a very easy, easy way to understand. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. Make sure you go and download his his free form in order to get people to stop using your content when they're not supposed to. That was a great resource. So make sure you visit intellectualpropertyhq.com slash one click and download that form today. Very, very important. So if you enjoyed this episode of the Traffic and Leads podcast, which I know you do because you're still listening, make sure you share it with a friend, tell a friend about it so we can keep growing. And of course, if you have the time and the patience, please leave us a review on iTunes. We would really appreciate it. So that is all I have for this week. We will talk to you guys next week. Have a fabulous day. 